Good morning. Today, I have the privilege to introduce my friend and mentor and Sunday school teacher, Ashley T. Um, I know many of you already know her, but I was trying to think of a word to describe Ashley, and I couldn't narrow it down just to one word. Um, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, the two words that came to mind um, are faithful and servant. Ashley has been a faithful member at Hickory Grove for 37 years, and she's been married to Wayne for 27, is that right? She's a faithful mother and friend to many. Ashley is faithful. Um, she serves in her Sunday school class. She serves at Abide. She serves at Moms in Prayer, Youth Ministry, Choir, and the Clothes Closet, and I'm pretty sure I'm probably missing something. Ashley's the first person to arrive many times um, in a crisis, and generally her car is loaded down with food. Um, I know because we've been the recipient of that, and she can surely cook. Um, most, and Ashley's also taught me personally how to serve people better in their time of need. Ashley's faithful to the Word of God and to prayer. She leads by example in both um, words and action. Ashley is a Titus II woman. Um, so please help me welcome Ashley Teague. Thank you, Tammy. Well, for those of you who know me know that behind the podium is not where I like to be. So I prefer to sit out there and listen and take it all in. But um, today I was asked to speak and it's kind of ironic, um, I was asked to speak on the topic of journaling. The reason it's ironic is because I would like to show you all the journals I've started and never finished. <laughs> I have many, as you can tell. I have all different kinds, I have all different sizes, <laughs> they're pretty ones, they're picture ones. I'm really, really great and motivated at getting um, started in journaling. But sometimes, I just don't finish the task. Um, I've done prayer journals, I've done sermon note journals, I've done diary form journals, and I've done like my personal spiritual journey type journals. So why do I keep trying to journal even though I'm so terrible at it and I can't complete it? Well, I keep doing it because I know it's a way of preserving my faith walk, and it's also a way of growing in my relationship with the Lord. Our author told us this week, that a journal is a place in which a person records information important to him or her for personal pers preservation or consideration. It's also a place to document the works and the ways of God in your life. Through the years, I've been taught that this is really important. I had a mom who was a journaler, and many times we would sit down and she would read things from her journal where the Lord had been so faithful and things she had prayed about or in her life. And so I knew it was really important. Well, a few years ago, as a mom of teenage girls, I found myself really preaching to my kids instead of teaching them. I just felt this urgency of I wanted to get everything I knew about the Lord into them because my time with them is short. For those of you who don't know, I have twin girls. They're um, getting ready to turn 17 years old. They are juniors in high school, and they'll be graduating next year. So I just had this... I just, I really want to make sure they're ready to leave the house. Um, but I kind of found myself, found myself, they weren't really listening. You know, it's kind of like Charlie Brown. Why, why, why? You know, I had all this I wanted to share, but they, they really weren't listening to me. 
Well, one day I was in a conversation with my husband, and I found myself lamenting about the fact that my children are not listening to me. And he said, well, sometimes you tend to talk a subject to death. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Well, I wanted to get mad, but because it's not something he would normally say to me, I paused, and I started thinking about that. And then a conviction came upon my heart. And I said, you know, he's right. I do like to talk a, a subject to death sometimes. So I thought, okay, Lord, thank you for letting me hear the love behind the comment. And it motivated me to try to figure out a way that I could still teach the things of God to my girls, but with less words. About the same time, a friend told me that her daughter was getting ready to graduate, and she was journaling in a Bible for her. And I thought, hmm, I really like that idea. I felt like I had so much to say to my girls. I thought, hey, I got away now. I can write it down. And so instead of telling them with words from my lips, I could tell them with words from my hand. So it was the end of the year, so I purchased a journaling Bible. For those of you who don't know what a journaling Bible is, it's just a regular Bible, but it also has places on the sides where you can write notes. Um, there's different kinds. I use a single-column journaling Bible because the double column, there's just not enough room to write things. That's just what I, what I chose to use. Wasn't sure how to start. I mean, it's a little daunting task. I'm like, that's a really big book. <laughs> so I, fortunately, I had had some precept classes, so I thought, okay, I'm going to start with marking some keywords. So I started with the really big ones like God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you know, the ones that were pretty meaningful. Well, from that, it, um, I began marking words of significance to me or just verses um, that were meaningful, words that were repetitive. I also marked the word covenant. That was a word I did not learn about, the true richness of its meaning until a few years ago, and it was a word that I really wanted um, my kids to understand what that word meant. And a side note from that, mar by marking the word covenant, I discovered that it appears in almost every book in the Bible, which was pretty amazing to me. Anyway, I still needed some type of plan. Um, you know, I'm kind of one of those people, i got to have a plan. I can't just, you know, go this way and that way. I, I need to have some order and direction. Well, that year, pastor was encouraging us to read through the Bible, and I had only done that once before in my whole life. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So I got a reading plan, and I opened it in the first day, and I started reading what the reading plan was for that day. So I began by just, if there was something that was meaningful in what I read, I would notate it in the margin. Or maybe it spoke to that child, I'd write a note in the margin. Um, I just, I didn't really have an exactly how I was going to do it, but those are the ways that I began. I started at 19, no, that's not true, because uh, 2014, just a few years ago. 19 would have been a long time ago. Um, and I marked that first year, I just said, okay, this is the year I'm going to mark for Hannah. Hannah, we were in our teenage years. We were having some rough uh, times, and I thought, this is a, this is a Bible I'm going to do for Hannah. So that year, um, I carried that Bible with me all the time. I would write things in it. Um, the next year, 2015, I started Mary Beth's Bible. Um, and it was really cool because 2014 was a hard year for Hannah, and 2015 happened to be a hard year for Mary Beth, so it was really neat because I could document things in her Bible from that year. This year, I've picked Hannah's Bible back up. 
So now that I've marked a lot of keywords, now I'm doing a lot more handwritten notes, um, just verses that stick out to me, things that mean you know, something to me or may mean something to her. Sometimes I write it in first person. You know, it's something that's you know, very informational for me. Sometimes I write, oh, Hannah, when I read this verse, it just made me think of you and the passion the Lord has given you or just something like that that's, that's personal to her. So next year, I'll be picking Mary Beth's Bible back up and they'll actually graduate in May of next year. Um, so I am going to give it to them for graduation, but I'll take Mary Beth back and finish it for the year. So if you know my children, they have no idea I'm doing this. So first of all, please do not tell them that I'm doing this. Um, when I was asked to share about it, I'm like, yeah. And it was really hard to practice because I didn't want them to know exactly what I was speaking on. So really, it, it worked out well. though. So each year I've changed a little bit. It's morphed kind of how I've done it. But now I actually take my sermon notes in these Bibles. It's been really, really cool because um, when I started, pastor was teaching on Ephesians. I know y'all can't see in the back, but I have like really marked this book up. It's one of my favorite books in the whole entire Bible. But now I have notes from um, when pastor preached, when I've studied it, and all different things mixed in. I've also done a lot of notations in Proverbs, as you can imagine, as a mom wanting to impart wisdom. You know, there's a lot of, lot of notes in there as well. And you'll also see, I don't want y'all to think I'm like this super spiritual person. There's a lot of pages with no notes. So, you know, it's just kind of what's going to work for you. But I've, by taking the sermon notes in my Bible, um, it's really neat because now when I'm reading through the Bible this year, I'll go back to see something maybe Clint's preached on or someone else has preached on um, and have it marked in my Bible, and I enjoy reading that. Now, I also still do keep a journal of, I'm going to call them um, spiritual memorial stones, especially because I'm doing this for my girls and I'm going to give it away to them. There's some things the Lord, when he's doing, you know, that he's working in my life. I write like major. These are like the big things that are happening uh, in, our, in my life. And so I do record those. And once I finish these Bibles for my girls, I'm going to continue doing, I'm going to start a new one for myself. Um, and then, you know, sometime I hope to be able to do those for my grandchildren. After beginning this practice of Bible journaling for the girls, I've now developed a discipline of journaling. I usually don't miss a day of my Bible reading or my study because I think, what if today is the day that God has a message for me or for my girls and I miss it? So it really motivates me um, you know, to get up and to spend that time. So not only have I developed the, the discipline of journaling, but just being in the Word every day as well. For me, I needed a purpose beyond myself to start this discipline. If it was just for me, you know, I was thinking, I don't want people to read the stuff the Lord's doing in my life, but now that I have a purpose and I'm doing it for them, it's really, um, you know, helped me to, to write my thoughts and things down on a more consistent basis. My motivation when I began was a little more selfish in that I thought, I have so much to say, and I have a captive audience, you know, and no one's listening. Um, but now my motivation's more of, you know, I wonder what the Lord has in store for us today. The Lord has really changed my heart as I've been journaling through these years. As a Christian, do you have to journal? I think we learned in our book this week the answer is no. But the author gave us a couple of examples of uh, the book of Psalms and Lamentations where David and Jeremiah really, you know, poured out their hearts before the Lord. It's not a mandate, but it just helps you in your relationship with the Lord and it helps you to document your faith walk. 
We each have a story to tell how the Lord has worked in our lives. My faith journey is not going to be the same as your faith journey. My way of journaling is not going to be the same way that you may journal. But what's important is you need to figure out something that works best for you and then implement it and stick with it. When I'm gone, I want to leave my kids an eternal legacy. This is a way that I found to do it. As I've grown in my faith, I've come to learn that my journal is not really about me. It's really about the Lord. It's about the way he teaches, his works, how he stretches us, how he matures us, how he loves us, and how he imparts his infinite wisdom on us as his children. Psalm 145.4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And I want my children to know the mighty work the Lord has done in my life. So to help you, um, maybe in this discipline, we thought we'd have a drawing today. We have a, um, I have gotten a journaling Bible. So did everyone put their name in the basket today? We had it up there as you were getting food. If you didn't, if you want to raise your hand, I will put your, I'll give you a piece of paper. Everybody? Oh, do you want to, Tammy? Here, I'll, actually, I'll just, how about if I just add it? <laughs> now, that'd be really funny if I picked it, wouldn't it? All righty. So we're going to mix them up. Do you want to pick? Okay. You'll be the one. Ah, Carrie Marino. So that's sweet. Carrie's got two young little girls. So you're so welcome. So enjoy that. So thanks so much um, for the opportunity you gave me today just to, to be able to share. And um, I just encourage you that I know it's a daunting task, um, but if you're, any of you are interested, I'd be happy to sit down with you and show you what I've done, how I've done it, and just help you through the process. So thanks. Thank you. No, I don't need it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I have not uh, personally been disciplined in this, and so I was very anxious to hear from someone who was. And um, that was helpful and inspiring. But two things. Thank you so much. Um, it's, it's made me anxious to, to start this. I do. I, I, I know. I thought it's too, too late for me, but I, I, I've been challenged, inspired. Thank you so much. Um, and I agree with everything Tammy said about you. Which is, we, you are a, a true Titus woman and a servant of God, and we appreciate you here at um, Abide. That brings me to our next guest. If you did the reading, you know that we had a second topic today, and that was on the spiritual discipline of service. And uh, several months ago, I had a conversation with our next speaker and uh, anytime we meet together, it's all, she's always very edifying and very challenging when we're together, and this day was no different. But on this particular day, I was so struck with her passion for service and serving and her enthusiasm for it. Uh, when you see her, you're going to get a chance to just watch it spill out as she speaks. But this particular day, she mentioned um, something about women and her burden for women to serve and the importance of women serving. And, um, and so my, uh, my, my wheels began to turn a little bit and I, and I thought this is someone we can learn much from. 
Our next speaker is a faithful member here at Hickory Grove. She is a devoted wife to Charles, and she is the founder of Beside the Road Ministries. Would you join me in welcoming Beth Morgan? hear me? Yeah? Is it working? Okay. Um, first of all, I'm, a little bit? Not? Okay. Let's see if we can get it down a little bit. I'm short. So, okay. Um, I just have to share that Heidi said to me, if you're a knee knocker, wear pants. So I didn't have any nice pants, so I pulled out the longest skirt I could find. Because <laughs> <laughs> this isn't usually my thing, but um, God put it on my heart that it was the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to ask that we go in prayer for just a second. Um, so if you please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, be my strength and my refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, good morning, ladies. And I'm about to tell you how God led me to a small trailer park in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Um, about four years ago, my husband came to me and he said, I found a house on the internet that has three acres and a house in Kannapolis. And he said to me, I want to go look at this house. So we drove her to over to see this house, and it was cute. It was a little cute. It had a circle driveway. It was really cute. And um, he said, but I want to check the back of the house. So I said, all right. So we go around, and we're going around the back, and all of a sudden, we turn the corner, and there was this trailer park, and we couldn't believe our eyes. The, it was total disarray. The trailers were in disarray. There was tarps for roofs. There were lean-to metal posts up again. And each street got worse and worse and worse. And it was like as if a good wind would blow it all over, blow the whole trailer park over. And we actually, we didn't even speak the whole time we were driving. We just couldn't believe our eyes. And we went home, and we drove home in utter silence. And, um, and I, I started to really feel like, you know, somebody needs to do something. Um, I couldn't believe that people were living like this in this country. And, um, and I kept saying, somebody's got to do something. Somebody has to do something. And, um, and the more I started to pray, I felt like God telling me, you need to do something. You know, not somebody else. You do something. So, um, and I felt like I can't do anything. Um, I'm a wife, a mother, you know, um, I'm a stepmother. Um, I have a church, I have a house, I have a job. I have all these things I need to do. I, I can't be doing anything. And um, so I started praying, and I started praying, and I started praying. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord tell me that he wanted me to quit my job, and he wanted me to begin tutoring one boy in the trailer park. And I came home, and I told my husband this, and he said, yeah, right. <laughs> Quit your job. Okay, you know. And, and I didn't push it. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't push it. I just let, let it go. I thought, you know, God, if this is really from you, you're going to have to convince him that this is the right thing for me to do. And, and, and a little while later, about a couple of weeks later, he said, you know, let's go talk to Justin about this. Let's see if this really is a calling from God. 
And um, we went in, and um, he said to Justin, we met with Justin, and he said, my wife wants to quit her job and you know, start tutoring in a trailer park. And, um, and he, Justin said, well, I think you have to let her try to do it. And my husband was floored. He was absolutely floored. Um, it, it, he was in such denial that when the next day when he came home, I wanted to talk about quitting my job and when am I going to start tutoring and all this stuff. And he was like, that's not what Justin said. Justin didn't say that, you know. That's not what Justin said. <laughs> he honestly said that to me. So we had to go back and talk to Justin. <laughs> uh, second time. And, and so we start the conversation again. And he's saying to Justin, he's saying, do you realize that we won't be saving any money? We're going to be $500 short if she does this. We, are gonna, we can't make it. And Justin kept saying, I hear you, brother. I feel your pain, you know. And it was just all of a sudden, my husband said, OK, quit your job. And my, my husband just recently shared with me that the only reason he said to go to speak to Justin was because he thought Justin would tell me to knock it off and go back to work. <laughs> he just shared that recently with me. So anyway, so I quit my job. I ended up quitting my job. And, um, and at this point, my husband decides that he does not want me going into the trailer park by myself, OK? And um, so I'm like, this is great. My husband works all these crazy hours. How am I going to get in there to, to, to start tutoring when he won't even let me go in there by myself? And, and again, I started praying. And I said, you know, God, if this is from you, you're just going to have to convince my husband that it's OK that I go in there. And every once in a while, we would drive through. And, and one time, he said to me, let's go get some soccer balls. And we took them over there. And, and um, we actually would throw them out the window because we didn't know anybody. And we were scared <laughs> to death they were going to attack us, you know? I think about it now. It's so crazy. But that's where we were. We, like, we literally threw them out the window. Here you go, you know? So um, and that's what we did. And um, so that's how we got, we got kind of involved with this trailer park. And um, so then. I don't know, one day I asked my husband, I said, can we go to the trailer park? And he said, yeah, we'll go to the trailer park. And not all the time did he say yes. And at this point, I started calling it my trailer park. I don't know why I was calling it my trailer park, but I was calling it my trailer park. And um, so, oh no, let me back up. What had happened was I started to really wanted to start tutoring. So I decided, somebody gave me some advice and said, why don't you start tutoring the school in the school that the kids go to? So I. I thought that was a really good idea. So I emailed the principal. And I said, I would really like to start tutoring one of the kids from Independent Square um, Trailer Park. And I thought for sure this guy is going to say, you are nuts. You know? or, and, and I really thought the other thing that would happen is I'd never hear from him. Because you know, with, with all this goes on with the schools and the strict environment, and I thought this guy's not going to want me to come to his school. So well, I said, all right, I'll send the email. So I sent the email. He didn't even, within five minutes, he emailed me back and he said, when can you, come, when can you meet with me to come in and talk about tutoring? And, um, and he, it's Mr. Gibson. It ends up the principal is Mr. Gibson. And it turned out he's a believer. And I went to him and I shared my heart. And he said, OK, let's start you tutoring. And um, so I got to meet some of the kids from, uh, from the trailer park. And one day, I said to my husband, I want to go to my trailer park, you know? And he's like, OK, we'll go. And this time, I don't know why, but this time we prayed before we went in. I don't know why we never did that before. I, I, I don't know why. But as we went in, he, we started praying. And, um, and we prayed, and, and then we went in. And for some reason, there was a man there um, that um, 
waved to me. And I said to my husband, can I get out of the trailer park? Can I get out of the car and still talk to him? Now, let me, let me tell you one thing. My husband isn't mean, and he wants to give me what I want. But I knew that if he wasn't on board with this, God wasn't going to bless this. I knew that. You know, yes, it may have been a calling from God, but if my husband wasn't on board from it, it may not be that way. So I really ran everything through him. You know, only one time I snuck in there. I did go sneak in there one time. <laughs> I will admit that I did, and then later told him, you know, but I was like, oh, I want to go to my trailer park. And, uh, you know, so, <laughs> um, uh, this, it, this, honestly. So anyways, um, this one time we went in, and, um, and the guy waved to me, and I said, can I get out? And I go talk to him. He said, yeah, go ahead, go talk to him. So I started talking to him, and of course, um, they do not speak English. So what ended up happening was all these kids started coming around, and I started having them to interpret. And I said to, to this gentleman, I would like to start tutoring in this community. And one of the sixth grader who was interpreting for me said, who do you want to tutor? And I said, anybody that's willing to? And she said, when do you want to tutor? And I said, well, I want to do it two days a week. And she said, and she said where do you want to tutor? I said, if you find me a place, I will come. And she said, come with me. And her and I trampled off into the trails behind the trailer park. And my husband shares that at that moment, he knew it was OK for me to go to the trailer park. He saw all these kids kind of following me through the trails. So the following Wednesday, I show up at, the, at that trailer park on the bench with 30 children ready to tutor. Yeah, it was quite the experience. I was very fearful because I thought, oh my gosh, are they going to speak? Any of them going to speak English? Any of them going to speak English? But they did. They did speak English. And I got to tell you, those kids were so faithful to tutoring. I would tell them, if it's freezing cold, we're not having it. They would call me up. It'd be freezing cold. Where are you? We're here. We're waiting for you, you know? They were so faithful to that tutoring. It was an awesome experience and just wonderful. So that's how it started. Tutoring is how we started the ministry. And then God blessed us with, the whole <laughs> blessed us with many things. Um, we actually have brought in a food truck to there. Um, we started a summer tutoring program where we were able to teach Bible stories and to teach the children Christian songs. Um, we had the Latino campus come in, and they brought over 60 volunteers that were, talk were giving the gospel message in their native language. Um, we've had a lot of, and we've had a Sunday school class come in and actually share the, the actual Christmas story. Um, I could tell you tons of stories that I know God has blessed this ministry, but the most significant one was the day when we were cleaning up after the summer tutoring program. During the summer, one of the moms shared with us that she was actually illiterate in her own language. And, um, and we had one interpreter that day. That day. And um, we were cleaning up, and I saw that mom had something, the one that didn't, cannot read, and um, she had something behind her back. And, um, and I was kind of, we're cleaning up, and I'm kind of watching it. And all of a sudden, she pulls one of the interpreters aside, and they go off to a corner, and I realized it was the child's report card. She could not read the papers that came home with the child's report card. I went behind the trailer so that I wouldn't cry, and I just thank God for letting me be a part of this. You know, I, I was just so grateful. And there's so many stories I could tell you like this. You know, um, in your book, in the spiritual discipline for the Christian life, it talks about 
Most of the time, our service should spring forth from love for God and for others. And I have to share in the beginning, it was about my love for God and what he did for me and br brought his son to die on the cross for me. But I have fallen in love with these people and I want them to know Christ and I want them to be saved. It, it has been such a gift to be able to serve these people. And, and they, every opportunity they get to try thank us, they do. The name of our ministry is Beside the Road Ministry because in the past, when I wanted to help the poor, I'd always get, well, you can't do that, you don't have a building. You can't do that because you don't have enough money. And one day, when I was on the side of the road and the kids were helping me clean up after tutoring and they were talking to me, I suddenly realized that I didn't need anything to serve these people. I just needed a willing heart, and that was all it took. Um, in the beginning, we were showing slides of, um, of things that go on in Abide. But um, I'm going to show you a video, and in the video, this is our very own Tracy Gant and her daughter, Taylor. They are trained to um, teach the children um, Christian songs, and you'll see that. So I'm hoping you can see it. The, um, the other part was So up and backwards. So when you hear the word life, that's what we're going to do. Now, when you hear the word God, what do we do? Okay, can you do that? When you hear God? Okay, let me see life again. Right. Okay, and God. Okay, all right. Help me get the team. Got it. Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, yeah, 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 eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, yeah, yeah, yeah. The community is made up of about 52 trailers. Each family has about three children. They have been raised Catholic, and if you ask them, they say they believe in Jesus. But we do see some sitting there, so there is some question there. The men are hardworking and family-oriented. Most of the boys spend almost Saturday and Sunday playing on soccer teams. The native language is Spanish. Um, the ch school-age children speak English and Spanish. Um, the little ones that don't go to school, they understand English, but don't speak Spanish. Um, and what I mean by that is if you tell them to go over and get that basket, they'll get it for you. But if you talk to them and ask for something back, they'll answer you in Spanish. Um, the um, women do not speak any English. Um, our ministry is trying to be a light in a very dark world, and this is where you guys are coming in. The moms are very isolated. Some of them do not have driver's licenses. Um, they don't have driver's licenses, and we, we've come to realize how, how much they are isolated from the community. And we thought that maybe it'd be a good idea if that abide could come in and do brunch for them. It'd be a nice little thing to do for them, you know, treat them, give them a little TLC. 
And another thing was um, we thought we could do a little boutique. And, and what I mean by boutique is like jewel, like some jewelry, scarves, and purse, purses and things. And the reason that I came up with that idea was because um, one of the moms, I was giving kid, the kids something that day, I don't know, books or something like that. And one of the moms came over to me and said to me, do you have a purse that I can have? And I thought to myself, number one, I never give the moms anything. And number two, probably buying a purse is a financial hardship for them. So I thought, you know, if we could do that, like plenty of us have things in our closets we don't use and we're never going to use. So I thought if we could donate and bring some things in like that, that would be a great idea. So the plan is that on April 26th, we will meet here at 9.30, take everything over, set things up, and then let them eat a little bit, and then they could shop around and do some boutiquing things like that. So um, we would love for you to come and meet these wonderful people. There will be a wonderful experience for you to serve that you will not regret nor forget. Um, the other thing I'm going to ask is that I'm asking for prayer for our ministry, beside, beside the road ministry. We have our summer tutoring program coming up. We have Latino VBS, that's coming also. And Operation Charlotte is coming in to put on a soccer camp. We just actually put in two soccer fields this weekend, um, which they were very grateful for. And um, so we'd love you to come in and be a part of this, you know. Um, it's a great opportunity, and you will not regret it. It's an awesome experience. Let me close this out in prayer, and then we'll divide into our small groups. Father God, we praise you for the opportunity to serve you. I praise you for women who serve. I praise you for just a, a chance to, to glorify your name by going out into a trailer park and serving and loving on the people there. Help us to be women that do that. Father, I pray that you'll go with us now and guide our conversations and help us to um, organize and be ready for this next event and to use our time to you, the glory of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray and ask these things. Amen. 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 Okay. okay, good.